Hi, I'm Brittany Gunderson, and today I will be doing your interview. Would you please introduce yourself? Yes, Carvey, Inspiration Engineer. What's going on, everybody? Okay, uh, how'd you become an Inspiration Engineer? Inspiration Engineering for me was a evolution. We're, we're talking about transforming yourself uh, in the Transform Myself group on Facebook, and that's exactly what it was. Um, I started as a musician. And that was all I wanted to do, right? Like my dad would give me with these hero speeches. That's what I call them. He's like, son, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. Like anything you set your mind to, you can create, right? And so around eighth grade, I'm mentoring with my first mentor in the studio, learning all about audio engineering, music, and all that jazz. And I go to my dad. I'm like, dad, dad, I figured out what I want to do, what I want to be. He's like, what's that? What's that? I was like, I want to be a musician. He's like, you can't do that. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? You, I can't do that, right? So fast forward, I was, I was doing, you know, music my entire life, majority of my life, um, while having like a little side hustle on the side, uh, work for Google, Dish Network, University of Phoenix, all these different companies. While at University of Phoenix, I helped uh, my first student get her associate's degree. And next to selling out a concert when I was 18 years old of 1,209 people, that was the next biggest moment for me, being able to help this woman, Melissa Briscoe, get her associate's degree. I was like in awe that I was her counselor. We did that. And I fell in love with coaching or, or with mentoring. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I was a coach at that point. Um, I, I was still very, you know, early vessel and just like mentoring and doing something different. And then now fast forward from that moment, 2010 to 2014, I started getting into entrepreneurship. I started learning all about like how Facebooks of the world are built, technologies and all these things. And then I saw there was a gap missing. And that gap that I noticed is that, you know, entrepreneurs normally put their creative skills on the backside and mm -hmm. not on the, on the front end. And I was like, man, there's nobody out there that is like a coach, but is like a musician coach. Like mm -hmm. their music is their, is their engine, but uh, they're still a lifestyle coach. And I was like, I'm going to create that. And the last thing I'll say, I had this thought, Brittany, that blew my mind. And when I thought about this, I was like, oh my God, like that's crazy. The, the idea went like this. It said, what if Michael Jackson, when he was alive, took all his content off of every platform out there, put it on his app, and then offered courses in success or offered courses in dance or whatever. And my mind, I was like, dude, that's a trillion dollar business for him, right? Like doing that. Yeah. And so anyway, so I was like, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to be. And then that's how the inspiration engineer was, was built. Okay. Uh, what does an inspiration engineer do? Great question. Um, our goal is to give people, you, people hear me say boost all the time. Like on my videos, I'm like boost. And like, where does that come from? Uh, first off, Kabe sounded like, uh, I hated it my entire life, but uh, it sounded like a, like a coffee or like a, like a caffeine or something like that, like a drink. And so it gives you a boost. So what I do as an inspiration engineer is I give people a boost in their confidence. I give them the ability to be inspired and motivated to walk out in their purpose and go achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. So really what I teach is the art of fulfillment. And with inspiration and with motivation, um, you can be inspired and motivated all day. But if you don't have mm -hmm. the right strategies, the right skills, and someone to help you along that path, then you're not going to be able to go anywhere because it's skills. Uh, Zig Ziglar says, uh, if you want to be valuable in the marketplace, the person that has the most skills is going to be able to help the most people. So we give people not only the skills and the resources, but the strategies they need combined with the motivation and the music to help them propel forward in their life to being fulfilled. Okay. And what's your why? Ooh, my why started off um, because they said you can't. Because okay. there's so many people that are told no, right? Somebody we value, someone we treasure, like my father says, Brittany, you can't do that. And people begin to believe that. Now my why has transformed and evolved like inspiration engineering. And my why is dreams die. There's so many people, the Steven Spielbergs, the Kanye West, the Oprahs, the Brene Browns, the Mel Robbins, and all the people out there that are not going after their dream because someone said, you can't do it. So my why is to open up dreamers and get people to really get back in fulfillment, walking into purpose, using their creative skills and doing what they love. That's great. Um, that's a really good why. That's, that's really good reasons. Uh, what brings you joy and fulfillment? 
My joy and fulfillment comes from three things primarily. Number one, uh, I'm a musician at heart. I love making music. I love writing, you know, rhymes and lyrics and all that jazz. Like I just love everything that comes with it. Uh, number two, I love when I teach somebody something or I share something with someone and they get that breakthrough. Like they're mm -hmm. I, like, they're like, oh my God, like life changing. Like that, that is like the most amazing feeling or you get a letter or you get a social media post, like a DM or something. And somebody's like, man, something you said, something you did, like changed my life. Like that was powerful. Uh, and then number three would be the act of uh, inspiring or performing. Like I love to be on stage. I love to actually do my thing and watch like it's just like watching little kids no matter how old they are their eyes just like light up when there's like a live freestyle or there's like music or something like that so those would be my three things that really bring me joy and fulfillment that's great and uh, what services do you offer your clients so there's what Cave does and what I offer as far as like my edutainment suite uh, which includes and we have a lot of things in there um, but not to go overboard um, but there's an edutainment suite, which includes books and, you know, courses and things of that nature, music, that's on one side. The second side is our agency side. So a lot of people reach out to me to do their social media. Uh, they still reach out to me for sales. Uh, I try not to take as much sales uh, requests now. That's where I started. That's not really what brings me the most joy, but I can help there. Uh, people need help with ads. So social media, sales, ads, uh, project management and PR. Those are the five things that our agency specializes in as far as what we take contracting requests for now. Okay, that's great. Um, how did you get on this journey? So it started uh, earlier on with being a musician. Um, then I went into sales for 33 companies, being a top performer for 82% of them uh, for 17 years, working for a slew of companies. Um, from 2014 to 2000, well, so, so I was running a company called All Around Entertainment in 2009, putting on my own events and doing that, learning marketing. Uh, this is pre-MySpace, right? Like learning my, um, marketing kind of ground zero, doing what's called busking. So from, from really 2009, which was really where marketing set in, up to 2019, basically, I keep adding new skills. I keep learning. I keep modified so while i was working for one of these corporations and then doing events i was still learning um when myspace came out i started transitioning into social media uh then you know facebook came out and basically i kept reading books and that's what you got to do to get skills is you've got to not only just read the theory and, and understand what people are saying you got to apply it so i started applying everything i was learning um to uh, organizations so from all around entertainment i started a company called aae solutions and AA Solutions was our first digital marketing company. And our very first client, we helped her get an 18,000 increased reach uh, in, her, in her brand for, her, it was a restaurant. So to um, answer your question, to make it more of a shorter answer, um, the first thing I would do is I would study a skill. Second thing I would do is I would apply it. Um, and as I was applying it, I kept learning. So then I kept evolving and kept adding more skills. So like project management is one of my, uh, earlier attachments or earlier add-ons, um, uh, meaning most recent, not early, but most recent, excuse me. And so now because I have to lead a team uh, and my team grows, I'm learning how to be a better project manager. So while I'm learning how to be a project manager, it's like, oh, you know, I never did that in corporate America. Now I can apply that skill and help other people because it helps me grow. So now I'm offering COO as a service for others because it's where it helps me keep getting better. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Um, okay, why did you become a coach? I don't think I became a coach. I think coaching chose me. Okay. Um, when I was working at University of Phoenix, I was taking that sales skill, and I was really, I, I, that was new for me. Um, I was really just there to thinking, you know, I'm here at University of Phoenix to help the university get students. That's a sales job, right? Mm -hmm. But I never uh, knew that I was really going to be this mentor at that moment. So I was coaching then, but not really 
knowing that I was a coach. I mean, you have to do a lot of hand-holding and a lot of um, nurturing and a lot of edifying. And, and really, that's what inspiration engineering is. We do a lot of edification to make you feel good. Brittany, you are amazing. Let's go, you know, get you excited. And so um, from that, that was when the coach was born. Um, my very, very first student, his name was Alice Campbell. Uh, and we helped him. Uh, he was like my very first student. He wanted to be a six-figure nerd. He was working at Zillow out in Seattle. We took him on. Um, and when he first started with me, he was making like $2,200 a month salary. Uh, and within three months, we got him from a 12% close ratio to a 15% close ratio. In six months, he went to 18% close ratio. At nine months, he was at 22% close ratio. At 12 months, he was at 31% close ratio. And at 15 months, he was leading the organization and he, wow. hit, his, he hit his goal. So um, when that happened, that was like the, the, I guess, the seal in the deal. Or that was just like the, this, I have to do this. Because again, there's nothing... Uh, next to performance, next to that concert, and then helping people really achieve, you know, their dreams and achieve their goals. There, there's no better feeling out there than that. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so what is your passion? Uh, my ultimate passion is is music, I would have to say. Like if I had a, you know, coaching is one of those things that I enjoy. I love it. Uh, people pay me for it. Music is one of those things that I love it. I enjoy it. And I would do it whether somebody paid me for it or not. So okay. uh, that makes sense. They're, they're both passions, but music is probably my ultimate. And then I would just say um, one other thing I'm very passionate about. I'm very passionate about basketball. I love playing basketball. Basketball is one of those uh, therapies for me where when I'm on the court, I don't think about any of the stresses. I get to just kind of uh, lose myself like like uh, the Eminem <laughs> song. You better lose yourself when you right. I lose myself when I'm out mm -hmm. on the court and playing. So those are are my uh, my top passions. So how did you find out that music was your passion? Ooh, great question. So I was writing poetry at age five. Uh, my first mentor was one of those guys we hear about that write a famous song and then a celebrity steals their song. So he was actually a relative of mine. And um, my mother, I was asking my mother this not that long ago, I was like, what? We never really had him or them in our lives. Like, why did we go over there that one particular day? Um, you know, he's in his 30s at the time. I'm in eighth grade, seventh grade, something like that. So I'm very young, but we go to visit these distant relatives. It's my first time there. And for he and I to hang out, he's like, hey, come back in my studio, right? So I'm like, all right. And so I'm back in the studio and, you know, he's allowing me to play. First off, I get to watch what he's doing. And then he has one of these little like square, <clears throat> you can see this like old school, if you put in like beat machine, he has one of these like old school beat machines over in the corner and I'm hitting buttons and I hit this button and it's kick drum, I hit this button, it's a snare and He's like, he, he sets the metronome, which is the recording. It's like, tick, 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 when it's recording, right? So I'm like, and I'm starting to make beats. And as I'm making beats, I'm like, this is cool. This is fun. I love this. And all I'm doing is just making beats. And then from there, I started putting poetry to the beats I was making. And that was when the light bulb clicked. And it was like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Um, and I still, you know, write music to this day. Okay. All right. Uh, what's your definition of being great? I think greatness is when you can take your passion, mm -hmm. you live it, you do it all the time, you monetize it, and you use the wisdom and the money to support others. That is greatness. There's so many people that don't do what they love. They work a job to get money and they're not doing what they love to do. Mm -hmm. Or there's so many people that are living, um, you know, they're self-employed or they're an entrepreneur and they're, they're making really good money, but they still have this hobby or this creative gift that was given to them that they're not utilizing. So I don't care whether you're a millionaire or a billionaire or a trillionaire, because no amount of money is going to make you have that joy. When you have that joy in your heart, when you have that peace in your heart and you're using your, your resources or your revenue in this case to then support others, you're using your learning to support others, that is when you're great and you're not great up until then. Okay, that makes sense. 
Um, what must leaders do? I think leaders have to lead by example. Okay. I think leaders must be one of our core values is 3000% transparency. They have to be very open, even when you don't want to be. I was um, going through a time of my life where I was uh, still battling. Uh, I battle from still to this day, mental health issues and depression and things that still come up. I know that I saw some of your posts on, on that, those very topics. Um, and I had to sit my, my team member down and say, Hey, like I struggle with this. Like this is still a thing that, I'm rewiring my brain. And so leaders must be transparent. They have to be honest. They have to be, um, they, they have to do, right? You could say whatever you want to say, but if you're not putting in the actions to be, nobody's listening to what you say. They're watching what you do. And I think it's most important that they do that. And then um, one of the things that uh, I've brought to leadership that I felt was missing is, uh, you've got to, there, there's a balance. You have to know when to be a lion and you have to know when to be a deer. You have to know when to be stern and strict. If that's the word we want to use, so let's say specific, you've got to know when to be fun and, 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 and balance. People need that balance. And if you're too fun, they'll take, take advantage of you. If you're too specific or strict, then it's like, I don't want to work for a jerk or, or an asshole, right? Like I don't want to work for that person. So you've got to be able to, balance between the two. So what I've done is I've built a, a culture of what I call loving leadership. And it's like that really good big brother that you know will give you a kick in the pants and hold you accountable and kick your ass if he, if he needs to, but he's gonna love you while he's doing it. And so right. there's a lot of love and a lot of fun, and a lot of energy, but uh, I think you've got to find your own style. But the first five things that I said, which was again, transparency, honesty, trans, um, uh, being able to hold people accountable and lead by example. So I guess four, four things. Those are the main things that a leader must do. Okay. And I'll add a fifth. I'm going to add a fifth just because I just got one. I said five things. And okay. a leader must always be growing. He or she right. has to be in a constant state of growing who they are, being better than they were yesterday. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the key to success? The key to success is first off, you got to define it. Number one, what is success for you, right? Mm -hmm. Once you define it, you've got to build a roadmap for it. So you got to get a clear vision as to how you're going to create it. So one, get clear, be aware. Number two, create that vision, create how you're going to get there. Number three, surround yourself with other people on the same journey as you. Because if you're not around other people that are just like you, you're going to wither. It's going to be an uphill battle and you don't want to, it's already uphill regardless. So you want to make sure that uh, you're around a nurturing ecosystem. Number four, you've got to have skills, right? Number four, you've got to have skills or a skill. It doesn't have to be skills, but a skill that you're going to build your personal brand with. That's your number four. Number five, you're helping people. You're helping people. You're solving problems, right? And then number six, as I already mentioned a few minutes ago, you're going to want to give back. And by giving back, it's going to create this ecosystem or this cycle of uh, you sow what you reap, which is in the Bible. Uh, we reap what we sow. So what you keep putting out there as a seed is going to keep coming back. And that's going to keep you in a, in a cycle of abundance. And that, to me, is the journey of the pathway to success. Okay. All right. What's the secret to living a fulfilled life? Ooh living a fulfilled life so fulfillment in life comes from listening to your heart i heard something the other day i love it i didn't come up with it i heard les brown saying i was like "Ooh, i like that he said courage is a french word and it means of the heart and are we doing what is of our heart so many of us wear these masks we put on these smiles and everything's hunky-dory or it's okay today and it's not really how we feel or we're, we're we're working and we're doing a job and we hate it and we're doing it for a reason but it doesn't really solve or or contribute to who we are in our heart i want you guys to hear me loud and clear you must must do what's on your heart you must and I posted this today, and what I said, Brittany, I said, you have two pains, okay? You mm -hmm. have the pain of discipline, or you have the pain of regret. So you either get the discipline to go after what it is that really makes your heart sing and really brings you joy and brings you love and passion, and it's really you. It's the courage of being you, 
or you're going to have the pain of regret later. You're going to be at some point, as all of us will be, at some point on our deathbed or our transition bed, leaving this natural life, saying, man, I wish I would have, or I should have did this, and I could have did that. Do you know how painful that would be? Oh my gosh, that'd be so painful. Please, guys, do not do that. So the, the art of fulfillment or what makes a fulfilled life is to find something you love. If you're just getting started, you're really young in your life, you're like, well, call me. I don't know what I love to do. Find that. Find that and keep working on that. And once you've found that, then figure out how to monetize it and do the rest of the steps that I gave you earlier in the interview. But find that thing that you love and it's never too late and go after that. That's great. Um, what's the key to being resilient? Ooh. <laughs> uh, being aware that suffering is a part of the process. All right, that, that's number one. Uh, I'm actually going to pull up a scripture right now. It's Romans 5.3. When I found this, I said, wow, now, I, you know, I'm not here to tell somebody what they should believe or what they shouldn't believe, but I personally believe that the Bible was written by God. And so here's what, in my opinion, God says about life that a lot of people don't know. This is 5.3. He says, not only so, but we also glory in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit now when I read that when I when I absorbed that material I said that's the formula that's the formula right if you look at success stories I don't care what person you want to go grab right? Go grab any success story out there. You're going to hear stories of their suffering. You're going to hear stories of their pain of discipline. You're going to hear them. There's, there's not one out there that does not. And so what everybody says is exactly what I just read to you, which is in the Bible, is that it produces a character and you become someone that you had never been before. And that's really that process of resiliency. Now, I'm been, Brittany, you may not even believe me when I tell you. I've been on this journey for 20 years. I'm approaching Steve Harvey numbers. Steve Harvey was 22 years before he became Steve Harvey. Richard Branson was 17 years before he became Richard Branson. We hear about the stories of um, Benjamin Franklin on a thousand light bulbs before he got the electricity to work. That is the process of success. You cannot skip it. You cannot avoid it. You cannot bypass it. It will happen. So how do you stay resilient? you first off make the decision that <laughs> the commitment, I'm gonna make this happen no matter what. That's number one, you gotta commit. And when it gets tough, you've got to keep going forward. Number two, it's not always going to be suffering. It's not always going to be pain. There will be times where you're on a up and then life will punch you in the stomach before you even <laughs> know it's coming. But you gotta be ready and willing and, and just get your mind in a place of saying, I'm gonna feel this pain, I'm going to feel this this suffering but the, the 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 nugget out of it is that i will grow in my character and the hope it will happen for me at some point in time and i think once we allow our minds to to know that believe that have faith in that and ultimately trust in that we just keep working at our dream every single day and what comes is what may okay um so what makes an extraordinary leader? I think an extraordinary leader has the ability to, well, uh, two things, actually. I think an extraordinary leader is one when he or she leads, they can be absent and the team still performs. Yeah. That's extraordinary for sure. Uh, I think the second one is a leadership that loves. And, um, we don't see this much in, in corporate America. I can't speak to what they do in other countries, but I think when you feel, I think when a person feels like this person's got my back, right? It's like this person will go to war for me and they really feel that in their heart. That's an extraordinary leader. And if, if you don't have that sense of, uh, love because that's real love like that's like i i'll go to bat i will take a pay cut so that you get what you need so that we get what we need because we're a, a team and i think when a leader is doing those two things he or she is in that extraordinary category okay how do you cultivate great leadership skills 
Mm, study great leaders. Study great leaders, read books by phenomenal leaders. Um, there's a great book I wanna give you guys right now called, uh, <laughs> called The Four Obsessions of an Extraordinary Leader. It's a phenomenal book. Know that, um, if you're like me, if you're like Covey, Covey does not like to read. I'm just gonna be honest with you, Brittany, that's between you and me, I don't enjoy it. I'm just gonna keep it real, but I still do it. And your greatest leaders are reading 52 books a year. That's the data. That's the statistics. Your Ty Lopez, the Grant Cardone, the people that you and I look up to like, man, I would want to be, be like them one day. They're reading 52 books a year. Now, one year um, I read like 27 books and I was so happy because I was like, man, I read 27 books in a year. Um, but it's not just about reading the books. It's about applying the principles and applying what they're saying. So make sure that if you want to, if you, if that's a journey of yours or that's a vision of yours or a desire of yours or an intention of yours, commit to reading and studying great leadership and there's a tons of books out there and you can just read different principles some of them will apply to your character and apply to who you are some of them you'll be like yeah that doesn't really fit for me but i appreciate the insight so continue to get wisdom around great leadership okay all right um so what drives a leader skills or instinct mm, skills or instinct Oh, do I got to pick one? <laughs> do I got to pick one? I think, uh, I think it's a mixture of both. I think, I think, number one, you have to have skills, but you have to be able to have instinct as well and trust your gut. Um, it's a mixture of both, right? Sure. Um, the skills to lead, the skills to communicate, the skills to uh, see the future and be able to, to see what's coming and, and plan, hey, there's a, there is a glacier coming on the ship. Like we need to navigate over here, like being able to see, um, which is instinctive at times, but you have to have the skills to steer, <laughs> steer the boat as well. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go with both. I would say it's 80% skills, 20% instinct, or maybe 70, 30, but that would be what it's what it is. Okay. Um, what are the top three tips to become a great leader? Your top three tips. Mm, my top three tips, I would say number one, Read a lot of books, right? That's number one. Uh, number two, uh, start working on the things that make you uncomfortable, especially with communication, because communication mm -hmm. is very, very, very important. Um, and three, I would say uh, make sure you have the right tools in your tool belt to be a great leader, all <laughs> right? You gotta have some tools. And yeah, books are one thing, that's great. Uh, yeah, communication is everything. Like communication is everything. You got to know that. Uh, number three is you need the right tools to be able to help you be a great leader. Um, we use a, a tool that you guys can go get is Asana. So we do a lot of project management through Asana um, because the way I've got it structured is basically a backlog, which is when you've got so many ideas or so many things you need to do. The backlog triggers me and reminds me that, hey, you had this conversation with so-and-so you need to come back to this conversation or you need to figure out where they're at um, so that you're, you're constantly, uh, you need systems, right? So that's what we're talking about. Tools that give you systems to be a great leader. So those would be my three. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what were your biggest failures in leadership? Ooh, uh, failures in leadership. I've had a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I've hired over 33 people now. Um, one thing is, uh, I couldn't find my style right away. Um, you know, I tested a lot of styles. I tried to be the bold, dominant guy. I tried to be the very loose and fun guy. So going back to that spectrum, um, if you've never been a manager, which I hadn't, I had never been a manager or really a leader um, in corporate America. So I had to learn by hiring people within my own organization, trying new things, trying different things. Um, but that was number one was, you know, at times I was too bold, too forceful. And people be like, I can't work for this jerk. At times I was too nice and I became like a friend and now that didn't work either. Um, those were, were major failures. Uh, second, I would say, um, I have failed recently. Uh, I don't think, I don't think guys that we ever get to this place where you're not failing. If you're not failing, you're not growing. Uh, I'm like, that's just what it is. Um, I failed recently when I had a, I call these episodes. I had a depression episode and I needed to be away. Uh, and my team member definitely uh, lost confidence 
in our abilities uh, due to that experience as he should. I mean, that's fair. Um, but that's a failure in my opinion. Um, it's an area and opportunity uh, to grow. Um, I have additionally hired too many people. Mm. Hired too many people at one time. And so now there's not an onboarding structure. All right, people need structure. Uh, number four, and this is the largest one I want you guys to write down if you're a startup, because I know that uh, Brittany and I as entrepreneurs, we talk to a lot of startups, right? If you're a startup, do not try to go get you a super team member, a team member that can do all these different things at once. Do not do that. Train them to be great at one thing, one. <laughs> Build out a system of success for them. Make sure you have KPIs of what that looks like. Uh, key performance indicators. Make sure that they know this is exactly what you're being held accountable to. This is exactly what success looks like. And let them get to that success. Congratulate and do your rewards with them, right? Celebrate that success. And once you get to that success, let them bask in that success for a while. And then when you need them to do something else, because now they're trusted, they're worthy, and you know them, then give them the next thing. Don't think, hey, I, I've got a million things to do. I'm a startup. I'm going to give this person a million things. Or I'm going to give this person three things or two things. Mm -mm. Give them one thing. Let them smash that one thing and become great at that one thing. Then give them the next thing and then so on and so forth. And, and keep doing that system versus thinking I'm going to hire somebody with all these different skills and build that way. It, it won't work out for you. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, my next question is, what is fun formal? Hmm. That's my leadership style. Uh, so from all those failures that I had, I developed a style of my own where uh, <clears throat> that's my, our trade, where uh, I tell everybody, when you come in ready, if you uh, are working with Pave, right? So I, I tell everybody, I said, you know, so that you know, I'm that guy where we can go out for drinks and socialize and have a good time. I said, I could, uh, we don't call it firing, we call it releasing. I could release you that same day and call you that night and check on you and make sure you're good. That's who I am. So don't ever get it, get it, get it twisted. I tell everybody, like, I'm fun. I, I'm very fun, but I'm very formal. Would you like to know where I got this concept of fun formal? Yes. So uh, I had this thought one day that made me laugh, and it said, what if you work for Kevin Hart? What if you were Kevin Hart's like assistant or like his go-to, maybe right-hand man or right-hand woman, whoever's on his team? He's still Kevin Hart. He's still going to be funny. I mean, how can you not work with this dude and him not be funny? He's going to be funny, but he's going to be about his business. And when I had that thought, I was like, what formal? Oh, okay. I kind of like that. It just came. And when it came, I was like, I'm going to introduce that and uh, add that to my, to my, my style. Well, that's great. Um, that you created your own style like that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, like I said, going back to that big brother leadership style, my team knows we're going to laugh. We're going to have fun. We're going to execute. It ties in with our core values. We're going to get shit done. And if I need to kick you in the butt, I'm going to kick you in the butt. If I have to let you go because it upsets the culture, I have to let you go because it upsets the, upsets the culture. I'm going back to um, failures of a leader as well. Uh, a lot of people do not like to release, a.k.a. fire people. Mm -hmm. You see somebody that is disrupting your culture, is disrupting the energy, it's disrupting who you are and setting you off, they got to go. And, and a lot of people have that problem like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Mm -mm, this is business. Like, hey, uh, this is why, and this is what it is. This is documented as to you know, why you got to go. It's not a fit, but we got we to move on. Um, and let people go quickly because that enables them or opens them up to go do something better that they love and use their time versus uh, it's not a mutual fit for anybody. So, you know, release them, release them quickly and, and keep moving. Okay. How do you build a personal brand? So there's a few things uh, that you want to do when you're building your brand, uh, whether you are an entrepreneur or you are a intrapreneur. All right. When you crush it for somebody, let's say you and I are working together, Brittany, you need me to do project management. We've been talking. We're running a project, right? We've been doing this for like 90 days, 120 days. I'm like, Brittany, how's everything going? 
You're like, Kaveh, it has been amazing. I'm stress-free. I'm, I'm clear. I love how you're organizing. Everything's going great, right? At that point, at that moment, you say, Brittany, can you do me a favor? Why, sure, Kaveh. Who's going to say no? Brittany's excited. We've done helped you out. Everything's going great, right? Uh, sure, Kaveh, what do you need? Can you send me a testimonial, give me a five-star review, and just have a quick little video of your experience and tell the world what it's like to work with me? You do this whether you are an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, because whether you're building the comp um, as you're building the company, corporate, organizational brand, you're building a Rolodex and a track record of your own skills and what you've done, your own accomplishments, and that track record starts to become your personal brand. Okay, now if you're a lifestyle brand, and I want to add one more thing out there. If you're a lifestyle brand, um, or uh, you you really want to build an authority authority you need to go get pr you need outside sources huffington post entrepreneur forbes you know that name instantly when i say it right you're like oh yeah i know them exactly you want to get companies like that brands like that that are established even people it could be people too to validate your brand because then that gives you what's called authority and credibility so you want to get authority credibility and do uh, the first tip which i call testimonial stacking and just keep doing that over and over and over and over. And then that builds your brand. And then eventually you'll be able to go to these big engines and say, hey, you know, I've got an article uh, about this. And now you can leverage that for authority. Okay. All right. Um, what are the top five tips on exposure and influence? Um, I think exposure and influence comes... Um, when you have something to, to share, when you have something really good. So like uh, helping people we talked about earlier um, is a major way to build up influence. It might be a small amount of influence, but it's, a you know, it's influence. Um, being able to leverage that, that's the, that's the key or the name of the game. So in order to uh, build uh, influence and exposure. There's a couple things that I would recommend you do. We've already got testimonial stacking as step number one. Number two, with the way algorithms are going, and I don't see them changing anytime soon, you really want to be a master of ads uh, for all these different channels. And the only, uh, the only, um, what's the word? Organic channels right now is LinkedIn and TikTok. Right. So uh, even LinkedIn going to roll out an ad system. I mean, they are, you can run ads right now, but um, you know, it's coming where organic is going to start fading on LinkedIn. They haven't announced it, but I'm telling you it's coming. Uh, it's what all these companies do. So you want to become a master at growth hacking or have someone on your team that is a master at growth hacking. Uh, you want to uh, be able to run ads to increase exposure, which is the second way to do it. Uh, third way to do it is it just takes time. And so um, what I've done, Brittany, is I've become a master of organic network building. People be like, are you a network marketer? I'm like, well, I don't run an MLM. I mean, that, that, like, that's not what I do. But uh, as far as just networking and building your brand, um, going back to that question, but tying in influence exposure, you want to keep connecting with people, right? Mm -hmm. As you keep connecting, you're going to keep growing your network. As you're growing your network, there's the saying that your network is your net worth. And so we've organically over time grown our network to over 13,000 people. So that's the other way. If you don't want to run ads or maybe you don't have a budget, then you want to go with the third strategy and tip because that's going to get you there. It's just a longer, it's a longer game. So you're reaching out to people, offering value, using that value to become a testimonial stack, right? Going out there, sharing your wins, sharing what's going on, boom, contributing more value, posting on a regular basis, being consistent, um, but that overall is going to build up your influence and exposure. When people as, as uh, communities, large communities can say, oh, I like that Brittany. I can trust her because every day on Transform Myself, she posts at 2 p.m. or she posts at 3 p.m. She does these live videos. She's always bringing value. She's always bringing value. And she's solving problems. That's mm -hmm. when that's going to build your influence and exposure. Okay. All right. Um, how do you become top of mind? You become top of mind when people see your same con content around the same topics over and over again at the same time frame. So humans are characters of habit. 
So as characters of habit, they keep seeing your, let's take a skill, uh, let's take social media. They keep seeing every day at 3 p.m. you're solving someone's social media questions or you're answering questions. Well, eventually, the more you've done that, let's say you've done that at every day at 3 p.m., 365 days a year, two years. That's 700 posts that you've done of just that one thing. So in that third year, when somebody's got a social media question, who do you think they're gonna to come to with that question? You've built up such a consistent following of just providing value. That's how you say top of mind is, is consistency um, and, and value. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Um, what would you do if you were just getting started today? Mm, number one, so write this down, guys. This is powerful. Uh, I don't share this a lot, but I'm going to share it with you guys right now because I'm just in a, I'm in a value-giving mood. I'm just giving you nuggets on nuggets on nuggets. I'm just feeling it. So if I was starting Ground Zero today, Number one thing I would do is I would master public speaking. All right, master public speaking. You say, why Kaveh, why would you master public speaking? 75% of men and women are, and this is in the United States, I don't know about outside of this country, but 75% of men and women are afraid to public speak. People would rather die than public speak. That is a fact and truth, you can go look it up. So if you learn how to public speak and you master that skill number one, then you're 75% ahead of the marketplace right away. <laughs> That's number one. Now, if I can teach you how to public speak and become a master, witty, creative speaker, and you can talk really good on top of your head, the next skill that I would add on would be the ability to sell. Now, a lot of people think like, eh, sales, I don't wanna be a sales. Really all sales is, is the art of asking the right question at the right time and sometimes it's the challenging question, which is, hey, so Brittany, you want to do business with me or not? Because she might reject me or she might go, but you got to ask the right question at the right time and then ask the tough questions. That's all sales is. And once you learn how to do those two things, then the third one I would do is marketing because we talked about ads before, but now all marketing really is, is massive sales communication. So talking to a group, versus talking to an individual and that's the only difference. So that would be my, uh, if I was in like 12 years old, nine years old right now, and I was like, man, I wanna be successful, that would be the stack that I would stack as my prerequisites like they do in college. I would become a public speaker, I would learn sales and master sales, and then I would master marketing. Okay, that's great. Um, let's see here. Um, what platform did you begin building your brand? What platform did you start with? My first platform outside of the music. So I guess my very first platform was Reverb Nation. Um, but as a, and MySpace, but as a entrepreneur, uh, my first platform was LinkedIn. Uh, my strategy was build up my endorsements first and then testimonial stack. So I had a whole bunch of people that knew me and I was like, hey, like, you know me, like, could you uh, endorse me for these skills? They're like, sure. That's where it started. And then I kept adding more testimonials then I kept getting more endorsements. <clears throat> At that time, I was posting a lot more on LinkedIn, and then random strangers would be endorsing me. And I'd be like, oh, I got a new endorsement, who is that? And I don't even know who that is, like never had a conversation with them, but got this endorsement. And then it caught wildfire. Um, uh, but LinkedIn was my first focus just because I knew that uh, it's a place for business professionals. Um, that's where I started. Okay, what skills do you need today to become a master at marketing? Mm. What skills? So to become a master at marketing, you need, uh, well, first off, you need to figure out which engine you're gonna master, right? They're not all the same. So number one, you gotta get really clear and aligned on what platforms you're gonna master. LinkedIn doesn't work like Facebook, Facebook doesn't work like Instagram, Instagram doesn't work like TikTok, and so on and so forth. So what platforms are you gonna master? I would not try to master all of them. I would take one and study that, that's it. So uh, number one, get really clear on which ones you wanna master. Number two, you gotta have an analytical mind. This is where all that math you <laughs> learned in, uh, in high school can start to come into play. Now you don't gotta know calculus and all these things and algebra, but you need to know numbers uh, because it's very analytically driven uh, to know the formula of what makes great marketing. All right. Number three, you've got to have a 
uh, a copy mind mindset, right? You got to be able to, to going back to using words and speaking, well, you got to be able to, to write copy or have someone on your team write copy that mm -hmm. creates what we call conversion or walks people through the, through the funnel. So, um, Funnel, <laughs> that's another one. Number four, I know you asked for three, but four. Uh, four, you gotta know funnels. You gotta know how funnels work. Um, and, and the process of getting from someone from point A to point you know, D or E or Z or however many steps in that process. So number one, uh, you gotta be aware of what platform you're gonna be on. Number two, you wanna master, and I'm going out of order, but I'm just giving you guys what they were. Uh, number two, you wanna master copy and writing and getting people to go through. Number three, you've got to have an analytical mind, uh, be able to know numbers and know numbers well. Uh, and number four, you've got to be able to know funnels. Those are the four things that take a great, great marketer. And that will make you a master at marketing if you know those four things. If you know those four things and you're constantly on that one, uh, we've already talked about studying every day, so I didn't include that in, in my top four. Uh, if you're studying that one platform, Right. And you're, you're testing on that one platform and you're, you're writing copy and you're seeing what works and so on and so forth. It's a process. But over time, you're going to gradually start. There's going to be some success with that if you're learning from the masters of those platforms. Right. Mm -hmm. Even if and I'll, I'll tell you something I have, I've had to do before and we all have to do it. We all do it at times. Even if you have to go find somebody who is successful on that platform and pay them, take them out to dinner treat them to whatever. Hey, can I ask you some questions as to how you've built success on this platform, which is always a great idea, getting a mentor, which I talked about in the very beginning of our call, um, but having someone to give you kind of the roadmap, right? And there's tons of courses out there on marketing. There's tons of books out there. So start studying the latest trends for that engine and doing those four steps. Okay. Um, what are the top five lessons on personal branding? Uh, so top five lessons on personal branding. I've got about uh, five more minutes with you guys. So here's my, um, and I've given you a lot of nuggets on this call. So make sure you guys <laughs> go back and write it down because it's, it's quite, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot here. Uh, personal branding. So personal branding, um, step one, you want to know what you're going to be a personal brand for. You may not know right away, but you're going to want to know. It goes back to being aware. So what is your personal brand going to do? How does it help? How does it solve? What problems do you solve? What kind of personal brand is out there right now that is similar to the kind of personal brand you want to be? Those are some questions you need to really get clear on. Are you a funny guy? Are you a serious guy? Are you an informative guy or a gal? Or like, who are you? What is your personal brand? That's number one. So getting really clear on, on that. Once you've gotten clear on that, number two, it's time to start getting some testimonials. It's time to start solving some problems. That's number two. Um, number three, you wanna consistently be posting at the same time every day on the engines or platforms that you're on. The algorithms work that way. So as you're solving problems, posting and adding value, right? Adding value on platforms at the same time every day. Uh, number four, you wanna do that every day, same time. Number four, so we're starting to get reviews. We're getting customers. We're posting every day. Now what do we do? We need some authority. I didn't write the rules, but I know how to play the game. So for whatever reason, humans get really excited when you are on bigger channels. So when I posted, uh, Brittany, that I got in Huffington Post, I, had two, I didn't run no ads. <laughs> I had like 2,000 people come on that post and about like, I don't know, nine to 12 comments on like, yo, congratulations, people I haven't talked to. Yo, congratulations. It's just the way our minds work. So when people see you doing big things, they want to be a part of that and celebrate that with you. So you want to be able to have authority and credibility in, on these different platforms. So that'd be step four. Uh, step five, you want to continue growing. So your, your personal brand needs to always be in a state of growth. Um, always in a state of sharing your most recent wins and always building upon each win building and building and building if you keep doing that day in and day out eventually you'll just have a personal brand you won't be building a personal brand it will just become a personal brand okay uh is there anything else you would like to add yeah so this year we our focus is on motivation music so mm -hmm. you guys get ready for that it's positive affirmations in a, in a song or think about like uh music for entrepreneurs 
That's coming out this year. <clears throat> so if you guys want to check that out, it's at callbay.com forward slash music. Uh, we've got a lot of songs coming out. You guys are going to love it. It's going to be exciting. If you listen to hip hop, pop, R&B, um, things like that, you like like good lyrics, good hooks, motivation music is, is for you. Um, it's, all, it's all designed for entrepreneurs, for people that are at this age but still want to listen to, you know, I don't know, Eminem, Outkast, uh, Macklemore, but they don't want to listen to the nonsense. They want to listen to like, I need lyrics for where I'm at today. So that's what it is. And the, I'm telling you, you guys are going to be blown away by it. So go check out Motivation Music, callbay.com forward slash music. That's very interesting. I will definitely look forward to that. Yes, we got um, you. So before we close, is there anything else that you would like to add in? Yeah, I got one last thing. And this comes from the heart because uh, I'm finishing this video right now where Will Smith said, and uh, this is real. This is, this is real. If you haven't had somebody shred your dreams yet, you might be five, you might be nine, whatever. You might be much older and never had anybody shred your dreams. It's coming. It's coming. The top 5%, the top 1% is the amount of people that are living their dream. So if it's the top 5%, the top 1%, what do you think everybody else is doing? They're naysaying. They have doubt. They're not growing. They're all these things that you don't want to be. So if you go talking to teachers or you go talking to parents or you go talking to people that do not see themselves as successful, you're talking to the wrong people. Now, I'm not saying don't bounce ideas off of other people. I'm just saying that people that are not trying to be successful are normally going to give you advice of what they understand. They're not trying to hurt you, but they will shred you. Mm. You cannot listen to the people that are going to shred you. You need to be in a nurturing environment with other people that are doing what you want to do. And I'll make it simple and plain like this, Brittany. If you want to lose weight, okay, that's your goal. Are you going to go to Professor Club to learn how to lose weight? No, you're not going to go to somebody who is, you know, they're massive to say, hey, how do I lose weight? If they knew they would have lost the weight. You're going to go to somebody who has the, what you want. So if you want to learn success, be around successful people. If you want to learn how to make a lot of money, be around millionaires and billionaires. That's the way it works. And develop a tough layer of skin and don't listen to anybody. I don't care if it's your parent. I don't care if it's your relatives. If somebody tells you your dream is not possible, that's a lie. Uh, it's nonsense. Don't listen to it. Keep going after your dream no matter what. Be resilient, like Brittany said. Know that you're going to get a lot of, it's going to be very painful. It's going to be very hurtful along the way. But that's a part of the process. And keep going for your dream. That's nice. That's really nice. This interview was great. Um, <clears throat> so I, I recommend everybody to check you out and get to know you. Yes. Um, and thank you for your time. Thank you for your time, Brittany. You've asked some great questions. You've had, it's been a, it's been an awesome time with you. I'm glad we got a chance to bond. I actually get on a call. You guys keep rocking it out. It's your boy, Calvay, Inspiration Engineer. Boost.